0: Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the High Altitude Mentorship Show with JT DeVault. J.T. JT is an international success coach, inspirational speaker, and award-winning author of Flight Plan to Success. JT worked his way up through the ranks from enlisted aircraft mechanic to combat decorated naval aviator, and he's here to give you the success strategies for better focus, clarity, and mental toughness to accomplish your missions in business and life. And now, here's your host, here's your host. JT JT, DeBolt. JT DeBolt. Hello, my friends. JT Devol with you today for the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Great to be with you on another Wednesday morning here live at 10:30 a.m. Eastern. Psyched to be with you, and you know what that means? It's time to come together and talk about leadership, entrepreneurship, and living a high-altitude, high-performance life. And I say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whatever time it is for you, no matter where you might be tuning in from on the big blue marble. Thank you for joining me here each and every single Wednesday, 10:30 a.m. Eastern. For the High Altitude Mentorship Show, brought to you, as always, by FlyWithJT.com. That is FlyWithJT.com, where you can go get yourself a complimentary copy of my award-winning book, Flight Plan to Success, and, of course, stay in tune and in touch with everything going on in the high-altitude community. Lots of cool stuff coming down the road. And uh, if you were with us last Thursday, we did a great webinar um, talking about really the uh, three phases to plan big in 2016. Awesome webinar. Introduced the Mach 1 Mastery monthly coaching program, which I'm pretty stoked about. You can check out all of that by going over to flywithjt.com and staying connected to what we're doing over there. So today, I want to talk about something I think is extremely important for all high achievers. This is at the root of high performance, and it's a, it's something that I think is It's talked a lot about, but maybe still, even then, it's underserved. And it's this concept of failure. But I don't want to talk about failure from the traditional standpoint. I want to talk about failure from a place of let's start rethinking about what it truly means. Let's start rethinking about how we interface with it, how we use failure, in some cases to even be a performance enhancer. I know that sounds a little bit from left field, but it's true. I believe that we can actually learn some valuable insights from the way we deal with failure, not failure in and of itself. Let's take the, the sort of nebulous generalization of the term failure and let's talk about us, let's talk about you, let's talk about how that concept works in your life based on your past experiences, past, based on what you're doing right now and the direction that you're headed I've been reading this book, and I, I've mentioned it in a previous episode. It's a book by Ryan Holiday called The Obstacle is the Way, The Timeless Art of Turning Trials into Triumphs. And right there, I think that title and its subtitle should tell you quite a bit about the importance of how we approach our success. I have to tell you, this is perhaps one of the greatest books I've ever read. Honestly. Honestly. I'm probably going to talk more about this. In fact, I may consider doing a a full-on book review. That's how awesome this book is. Um, It's something that, to me, I just believe is it should be mandatory reading for anybody who's serious about high-level success. I'm not talking about who's kind of dipping toes and you know trying to start something, maybe looking at maybe possibly maybe possibly doing this, right? I'm talking about somebody who's definitive, somebody who's Not just focused and driven, but is absolutely obsessed with their mission and business and life. Because those are the folks that are absolutely going to meet their resistance. They're going to meet the barriers. They're going to meet the obstacles. The obstacles are part of the process and the journey. And according to Ryan Holiday, in the title of his book, the obstacle is the way. And as I said, I'll get a little bit more into the book another time, but I, I want to kind of reference that a few times because he does such a brilliant job of talking about how we should be really rethinking failure. As I was reading this, it, it, it really opened my mind to how we talk about it, how we coach it, and how we how we interface and process this concept of failure because to all of us, the word failure means a lot of different things. If you followed this show long enough, you know that one of my primary you know, really root foundational belief systems that I teach and that I that I carry in my own life is there's only two actual ways to fail. I mean, true failure. You can lose, which isn't necessarily a failure. You can get knocked down. You can you can be set back. But in my observations of not just myself but other people and high achievers and people doing amazing things in their businesses and lives, there's really only two ways that you can truly fail. One is to quit because in that case you haven't given the opportunity, you haven't given the the process an opportunity to complete itself if you quit the other one is to never start in the first place right so to quit and and to never start in the first place are really truly the only two ways that that, that I can think of that you can fail now is it possible to lose yes absolutely is it possible to go all the way to the super bowl and then lose the game Yes, but would you call that a failure? Well, if you're super disappointed, I guess you could say that. But the fact that you rose to the top and you were one of the last two teams standing is not a failure. That's a pretty good season. There's a lot of folks that, you know, won five games throughout the season that would trade places with you any day of the week. If you go to launch a business or launch a product, get something off the ground, and it fizzles, Total flops, and I and I've had this happen. I had a major, major fizzle happen last year. But to me, I didn't see it as a failure. I just didn't. I thought, you know what? This this was destined to happen to teach great, great lessons and to build true strength. I'll talk a little bit more about this. There's a a couple of things. In fact, there's a great quote in this book: "The obstacle is the way." by uh, Rockefeller, J.D. Rockefeller. He said something amazing. Now think about this as you hear me read his direct quote. Oh, how blessed young men are who have to struggle for a foundation and beginning in life. Oh, how blessed young men are to have to struggle for a foundation and beginning in life. I love that quote because it really captures this entire concept of what it means to fail. Or at least what it means to endeavor greatly and come up short, because he could have you know, and granted, this was you know spoken, that quote came out uh, you know way, way back. So it's don't take it as gender-specific. young people, young anybody. It's great that you could fail young in life, but it's great that you can fail or have struggle at any point in life, because the struggle is what builds the strength. The struggle is what renders the result. One of the most important things we have to do as leaders, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a stay-at-home parent, whether you're a teacher, a pastor, doesn't matter what your role is, you're a military general. As a leader, it's imperative upon us to know that there is value in the struggle, not martyrdom. Okay, Big difference. Big difference. I'm not talking about, here's the fact, there's too much a lot of times that is made of failure and its impact on On us, you know, and maybe you could think of it as the impact on the ego. There's a lot made of it. One, a lot of times it's made out to be this sort of terminal illness, as if to say, I failed and now I'm ruined. I'm damaged goods. And that's not the place you want to be. That's not the place that a leader, that's not the place of a champion, that's not the place of a winner, that's not the place anybody wants to be. Anybody. And yet, so often we approach the concept of failure as being this terminal illness. Like once it happened to us, we carry it forever. You have a major financial collapse. Or maybe something, you know, uh, you lost a, a large sum of money in a transaction. Well, guess what? It wasn't as if it was lost or stolen out of your, you know, out of your uh, pillowcase. You were out there endeavoring. And to endeavor is a pretty big deal. And so often, the people I've worked with in business and in life, they hang on to those failures and they, they treat it almost like a scar, a terminal illness, something that they can never shake. And that's unfortunate because then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? If, if you see it as a terminal thing, something that you cannot get rid of, then guess what? You're absolutely right. Henry Ford said that. Whether you think you can or you cannot, you're right in both cases. And so whether you think you're a failure or not, you're absolutely right. The other side that I think the reason why I think there is a little bit too much made of failure in a negative sense is that it almost becomes a ticket to getting attention, especially for that self-indulgent martyr. Have you ever seen this? You see this quite a bit. People say, oh, my God, I really failed big. I gave it everything I had, but, oh, tomorrow's a new day. And then you'll see people pile on. They see it on social media all the time people that will just pile on and they'll talk about, oh, you can do it, hang in there, right? It's, it's as if they're starving for that attention they need to have, so they'll talk about these small insignificant failures. But to them, obviously, it's a big deal, and so we don't want to judge that. But the fact that it becomes this lightning rod of attention for them, something they go to again and again and again, and it almost becomes a habit, right? And, and it's this addiction to the drama and addiction to having other people adore them or acknowledge them. Those are the really the two places where where this the, I believe this concept of failure has gotten blown way out of proportion. We've made too much of the good values of, you know, like saying, hey, I failed. It's almost like we celebrate it too much. And that's not what I'm talking about. What we're talking about here today is approaching failure from a different place, a place of mental toughness, a place of high performance. Because if you approach failure in a different way, all of a sudden, it becomes very useful, and as I sort of alluded to at the top of the call, it becomes a performance enhancer. A couple of things that I think we need to realize or we need to take from this, and it's something that Holiday talks in his book, is is realize that fear and that stress that's associated with the fear is really... Only the, the, it's, it's almost creating the failure for you. When you live in that fear, when you absorb the stress and you take it on and you say, oh, my God, this is so stressful, and we, and we, and we, we marinate in that kind of stuff, it almost propagates the failure. It pushes us closer to it. So you can think of it as a couple of ways. Think of it as if you're in a boat. Whatever your, your goal is, your dream, the mission that you're here to accomplish, you're in a boat and it's on a lazy stream. That stream is headed toward a massive waterfall. Now, we know the waterfall is there. What are we going to do? Are we just going to float on and allow ourselves to go over the waterfall? Many do. Absolutely do. Are we going to panic? Because if we panic, it's essentially as if we're rowing straight toward it. Not only are we allowing the current to push us, but we're actually (laughs) pushing ourselves right? It's as if we're going in the opposite direction of success. We're going straight toward the edge of the waterfall. The other side to it is if we allow that, that stress and that fear to push us toward that edge, it becomes a lot harder to swim away from or to paddle away from, to to row away from as you get closer. And so it's extremely important to understand that the fear and the stress and all the anxiety, the drama that's wrapped around this concept of failure does not do us any good. We have to understand that. It's the first piece of the sort of psychological mechanism that's in place when it comes to dealing with fear, is to understand that if we get really absorbed in it, if we allow it to, uh, and I should say, when I say fear, I'm talking about the fear of failure here, right? If we allow this this fear mechanism, the psychological mechanism of fear wrapped around the concept of failure to absorb us, then it's going to pull us right toward that waterfall. The next thing that it's important to understand is that defiance matters, and I love this Ryan Holiday talks about this in the book. Defiance is sort of this refusal to be pushed around, to be bullied. If we stand defiant and say, "Listen, I am not going to allow this to bother me," I totally understand and acknowledge that there's something big here. Right? This this sale that we're about to go, this sales push that we're making, we're about to present our. You know, you can see this on, on Shark Tank if you ever watch the television program Shark Tank or Dragons Den for those of you uh, in Australia and the UK. You see folks walk into the into the uh, boardroom there, and there's a lot on the line for them. But typically the ones that come out there and they do a great sales pitch and walk away with a deal with the sharks or the dragons, they are the people that walk in and refuse to be bullied by fear. They refuse. It's not that they're being bullied by the sharks, because it's all kind of perception, if you will. right? They're walking in there with their head held high, their chest out, but not from a place of bravado or ego or arrogance. They're walking in there because they truly believe in what they do. They are fully aware of the stress of the situation. They're fully aware of the gravity of what's about to happen. But yet, rather than allowing that gravity to push them around, they stand strong from a place of belief, not from a place of arrogance or, or you know sort of this insecure need to chest pound. We're talking about true confidence. Defiance matters. And it's that refusal to be bullied, right? The next part is you got to accept and move forward. If something happens, you see this a lot to people. I one person that I just love for this is Russell Wilson, the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. What's interesting about him is when when they lose, like you could see when he threw he threw the interception with the in the waning moments of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 49 last year. And that interception sealed the win for the Patriots. Seattle was knocking on the door on the 1-yard line and he throws an interception, game over. Literally, right there on the spot the game was over. Now, what's interesting is his response to that was not one of drama or one of woe or, you know, he didn't throw anybody under the bus. What was amazing is he stood up and he owned it. He accepted the fact that it was he took personal responsibility for it, right? He realized that he did not he did not have any room in his life to allow it to shake him up, to set him down, you know, to, to wear him out, to to beat him down. He literally stood up and said, "Okay, great. You know, this this is awful. The worst possible scenario. I believe I was put there to be tested." And he goes into a lot of things about his face and so on. But my point is, is that you could see him stand up like a true leader, and that's what we have to be willing to do in the face of failure. Is we have to accept that hey, maybe we lost, but it's not a failure. There's a big difference between losing and failing. If you came up short, if you missed, and it didn't work out, it's time to regroup and move on. That's what championships teams do, even when they lose the championship itself. You could be a champion without ever winning the the trophy. It's how you carry yourself and how you conduct yourself. Now, the rest of the world may not love that, because everybody judges you on results, and results are super important. Don't get me wrong. But my point is there's a difference in the mentality of a champion and the mentality of anybody else. There are people that can win a championship and still not be a champion in their mind and in their heart and soul. They'll just always be sort of empty there, carry themselves with a lot of insecurity and bravado. But a true champion understands that it's not about the trophy. It's not even about the game being won. It's a lot about how you conduct yourself in the face of both victory and defeat. And that's a big winner or a big reason why winners come back stronger. Here's another thing I want you to think about when it comes to rethinking failure. Understand that bigger is better. And what I mean by that is this. A lot of times we approach failure from a very self-centered place. We don't want to fail because it's on us, right? It becomes an ego game. If the thing doesn't work out, if the sales pitch goes, doesn't go off, if the business is a flop, if we, if we strive but we come up short, all of a sudden we take it personal, and so should, I mean, it's our, it's our thing, right? It's our baby. But instead of making it personal, instead of saying, oh, this is all about me, I flopped, understand that there's a, something bigger at play here. You want to make it a bigger picture. Consider who this is really about. Who's counting on you to get back in the saddle and do version 2.0, 5.0, 6.0, 1,000.0. Because those people are counting on you. And every single person right now listening to my words, whether you're listening to this live today or you're listening to it years down the path, super important to understand that there are people counting on you as a leader. And it takes some of the sting out of that concern, that fear of failure. And here's one last thing that I want to say about this. There's always a way. Remember that. When you're looking at something and there's this concept that there could be a loss, a failure, if we want to call it that, but something where you say, hey, it's totally possible this isn't going to work out. Remember that there's always a way out. If you can keep your head and your wits about you and if you can think critically, keep your head on a swivel and keep your eyes and ears open, then there's a way to sort of shun fear, right? We can sort of say to ourselves and to our into our internal you know everything is kind of going nuts and we're thinking oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh this is it we have to say to ourselves listen there's always a way you start getting close to that waterfall and you're paddling like crazy there's always a way there might be a branch on a tree hanging down for you to grab so you can just pull yourself out the boat altogether Metaphorically speaking, that's about the same thing. There's always a way to bounce back. There's always a way to win. There's always a way to see our way to a solution. And as an entrepreneur, but as a leader in in particular, we have to have that about us. That has to be a part of our constitution at our core. And so as we rethink failure, remember, number one, we've got to realize that fear and stress are only pushing us closer to the failure, Number two, defiance truly matters, meaning we refuse to be bullied by that fear. We refuse to be bullied by the stress. We refuse to be bullied by the emotions that surround, the negative emotions that surround the fear of the failure itself. We're going to be defiant about that. We're going to stand up for ourselves and what we believe, and we're going to stand up for our mission and our project. The next part is to accept and move forward. Right? If a, if, if a defeat does happen, it's not the end. The old saying is so true. It's not over till the end. You know, it, uh, what does it say? Everything works out in the end. If it's not, the, if it hasn't worked out, then it's not the end. I love that. So true. But we have to accept. We have to take personal responsibility and realize that we don't have the the luxury to moan and complain. We don't have uh, the time on this earth. And there's a big reason because there are people counting on us. They're counting on us to get back in the saddle, get reengaged, and go after it. Consider this today and every single day as you go out and do the big stuff, the stuff that's important, that this failure is not about being a martyr. It's not about celebrating and saying, oh, look, I failed again and having people you know, sort of uh, you know, drown us in, in sorrow and pity and, and all these other things. Rather, it's about us stepping up and realizing as leaders, as critical thinkers, and as high-performance people that failure is never really going to happen as long as we don't quit and as long as we get launched. As long as we see the mission through to the end, we cannot fail. We might lose, We might be defeated from time to time, but bouncing back stronger and better and seeing the good, the value, and understanding that there is some riches and some treasure even in a defeat, that's what will help us get back in the saddle and come back stronger and better the next time. My friends, this show is a wrap. It's my privilege to come at you each and every single Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern right here on the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Get yourself over to flywithjt.com right now and grab a copy of Flight Plan to Success. And remember, no matter what course you fly in life, fly high, fly fast, and fly far. We'll talk to you next week.